Good morning, St. John's. It's nice to see you. It's good to be with you this morning, the first Sunday of Lent. If we have not met, my name is Stephen Hassett, and some years ago I was the associate priest here on staff at St. John's and very much enjoyed my time among you. Uh, and I was pleased and honored to be invited by Chris and Heather to come and preach with you this morning. I have met, you probably also recall, as I do, that my very first sermon among you was preached on the first Sunday of Lent 15 years ago. So I'd like you to take out your notes from that Sunday so we can review. Some things will be the same and some things will be different. That's the point of my sermon. Things change. Things change. A minute ago I said it was nice to see you, but the truth is I can't really see you because these are my reading glasses. So that's changed. Something else has changed, too. This worship space has changed. It's a little different than the time than it was when I was here among you. It's beautiful. Good work. And all the readings this morning are different than they would have been 15 years ago. So even if you had notes, they would be referring to different readings from Scripture. And I'm grateful for this church to be exploring Wilda Gaffney's Women's Lectionary. It's something that I've been curious about for a long time and have not yet been in the right place and time and context in my own priestly work to be able to apply it. So it's cool and a good change for me to have to think about what I might say to you this morning that's different than what I said 15 years ago and probably 14 and 13 and 12 and 11 and go too. So let's look together at these readings, maybe what we thought they were going to say and what they say instead, and in what way they speak to us about our lives and about what it means to be entering this holy season of Lent. The first reading was from the book of Genesis, and although the account of creation in the second chapter of Genesis is familiar and often applied to this first Sunday of Lent, it might not be the portion of this creation story that you're accustomed to hearing. You might have thought instead of hearing the story of the creation of the first human and its partner, that you were going to hear about how later they erred, that's how you pronounce that word, they erred and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they were forbidden to do, thereby earning their ticket out of paradise. That would be the customary reading or one such customary reading to hear on this, the first Sunday of Lent, to remind us of our fallen nature. But the Reverend Will Gaffney has chosen a different reading from that story for us to hear this morning, a different portion of the story. This story is about how the creation that God makes, including in the creation of our own bodies, is by means of a process that connects us so deeply to the earth, to all creation, and to one another. And that's a good thing to be reminded of as we enter this holy season of Lent. And I want to just unpack that a little bit more. Because this is the second creation account that comes in Genesis. There's more than two. There's several. The first one, you will recall, in chapter 1, only tells of the goodness of God's creation. From the beginning to the end, everything that God makes, it says, is good. Top to bottom, start to finish, left to right. It's a good world. We have a good God. We are made in goodness, in the image of that God and for good purposes. Nothing in that first 
account of the creation of life is anything other than good. There is something that appears in this story, however, the one we heard, which is not good. Did you notice it? I can wait. <laughs> it says, and this is the first thing that's not good. It says, it was not good that the human was alone. Okay? It's not good that the human was alone. And that way, God realized God had not quite completed the act of creation by making a creature that was alone. That creature needed a partner to share life with, to share the holy work of being human with. And we share that with each other, but we also share that with all the other creatures whom God gives the human agency to name, thereby sharing in the work of creating the good world that we share. So that's where the Reverend Will Gaffney wants us to give our attention this morning as we enter the holy season of Lent, which we might think of as a somber, dour, maybe kind of a bummer of a season. But she's reminding us that it is for the purpose of remembering the goodness of our creation and of ourselves, reflected and revealed to us in the relationships that we have with each other, with the world, and with God, all which are good. But don't take my word for it. In your own life of prayer and self-reflection, find out. Find out what's good and find out what could be better. That might be a good way of describing what it is for us to enter into a practice during the season of Lent, a practice of self-examination, of prayer, maybe fasting, how you understand that, and undertake to find out what's good and how things might be even better. I propose, in fact, that that is a good way to understand what we mean when we talk about repentance. Because if the world is good and created in goodness, and if we are good and made in the image of a good God, what do we have to feel bad about? Maybe one or two things. At the very least, we can look around and see that there are things that are not as good as they could be in ourselves, in our relationships, in the places we live, in the world, and in our possession of that world in common with God. Unlike the first creature who participated fully and faithfully with God in the co-creation of this good world, we don't always do as good as we could be. That's not the same thing as saying we're bad, because we're not. We're good, but it could be better. And in that space between good and better, that's what we call repentance. Think, think through what could be better. Ask ourselves how we, each in our own ways, could be better. And if we wonder, what might that look like? What might it look like to be better than we already are? I know it's hard for me to imagine. It might be hard for you to imagine. God gives us an example of what it would be like to be the best we could be. That example is God's child, Jesus, who reveals to us a life lived full of goodness, full of God, perfectly reflecting that good image of God in which all of us are made, but which only one of us has ever perfectly reflected. But that's a model and a pattern for us to observe, to learn from, to think about, and to follow, so that if we wonder what would make things better, 
we can look to Jesus. Which is another interesting thing about the readings we heard this morning. The reading about Jesus from the Gospels is not the one that you'd customarily associate with the first Sunday of Lent. Normally, you come to church on the first Sunday of Lent and you're like, oh boy, I get to hear about Jesus beating up Satan. He goes out into the wilderness, he spends 40 days fasting, and at the end of that time, he and Satan have a little, a little come to, don't they? And Jesus defeats him. Well, that's not what we heard. But I want to remind you of that because it's not a bad story, and you can go look it up later for yourself. But the Reverend Will Gaffney asks us to think about this other story from the Gospels. Not the beginning of Jesus' ministry after his baptism, the end. After he's been resurrected, his glorious risen body encountering Mary Magdalene in the garden where she's afraid and confused and maybe despondent because she thinks the story has come to a bad end because he died and was buried. But we are talking about God here. And all God ever does is make things better than they were. And so God made things better by raising Jesus from the dead and meeting Mary in the garden and saying to her, don't be afraid. Go and tell everybody this is how things go. When we're afraid, when we don't have hope, when we think things might be coming to a bad end, no way, there's a better story. But it depends on us. It depends on us doing our own work, figuring out for ourselves what's true and what's not true, what's good and what's not good, what is giving life and what is draining life away. Things are changing. Things are changing, and that's a good thing. The world changes because it's alive. We change because we're alive. God has ordained it. When the first two people earned their ticket out of paradise, it wasn't a punishment. This is not me just making this up, by the way. This is orthodoxy. It's not a punishment. It's so that we can exercise our God-given faculties to change and grow. If you've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you live in paradise, what good is it? You don't have any choices to make. There's nothing to learn. There's no possible growth for you. But out here in the world where things are changing, and there's things that we have to be afraid of, concerned about, places where we might have doubts or rough edges. Good news. God is with us. And we get to make some choices about how we ourselves want to be and make the world better than it has been, as good as it is, having been made by God. So I'm also really, really curious about and interested in and grateful for just the fact of this lectionary, just the fact of this product that this one person gave to us, the church, and the fact that she's asking us to think differently about things because she's looking at our story with a different set of eyes. And she's calling us to places where we as a people could also stand to do some growing and changing, though we might resist. Just the mere fact that a black woman has created a lectionary for the church and asked us to think about the teachings of the church, including our scriptures, by, for a season, using feminine pronouns to name God. After, I don't know, let's say 5,000 years of only ever using masculine pronouns to do so, we might conceivably experience the change as one that produces a little discomfort in us, but it's 
an explicit invitation for us to consider whether in the creation of male and female, is it only male be bodies and beings that reflect the image of God? And if not, why have we only ever expressed it that way? So I appreciate the Reverend Will Gaffney inviting us into this change in our lives to remember the goodness and the image of God revealed in female beings and bodies as well. It also might be the case that because the Reverend Will Gaffney is black, she's asking a church that is predominantly white to consider its association with and co-development of a social worldview that equates white skin with, with virtue and dark skin with vice. And if that makes us uncomfortable, it might be a place where we have some work to do so that though things have been good, they could be better because we examine in ourselves those assumptions and ask ourselves, do they truly reflect what God has intended in the creation of the people whom God calls beloved? So we've got some differences this morning than we had 15 years ago, and those are good things for us to consider. And as we enter this season of Lent, we might commit ourselves to practices of examining those places in our lives where our assumptions have served their purpose. And a new way of thinking about things is presenting itself. And though there may be discomfort, dare I say, even pain, we can remember Jesus, who endured all that and more to reveal how good things can be, how much better they can be when we remember where we came from Think ahead to where God is calling us. And in his glorious resurrected body, Jesus reveals to us where we'll all be. Having those things in mind as we enter this season, penitence can be for us game-changing, life-changing, spirit-renewing practice of asking ourselves, if things have been good, how can they be better? Leaning into that discomfort and choosing, choosing for ourselves, as with the first person to help co-create with God a better world. Amen.